Hello and welcome to Shh at the Hewitt Public Library Podcast. My name is Ryan Davis, the lead library clerk, and I will be your host. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first podcast episode. We get to debut on Halloween, which is super exciting. And in honor of that, we are interviewing our local legend, Bradley Turner, author of Cotton Bales, Goatmen, and Witches, a collection of Central Texas local legends and myths. Maybe you've heard some of them, maybe you haven't. Personally, I grew up with quite a few of these stories, and some of them are pretty spooky, folks. This episode will be a little bit shorter than usual, as it's a Halloween special, but expect future episodes to be 30 minutes long every two weeks. For now, let's jump into our interview with Bradley Turner. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Mr. Bradley Turner. Um, You know, just a quick go over of, you know, you've got two books that I know of, Lust, Violence, Religion, Life in Historic Waco. And then Cotton Bales, Goatman, and Witches, which is what we're going over today. Are there any other ones that you have published? Uh, the others are just textbooks and Text things book. like that. Nice. So those are the things that you are forced to buy, not yeah. the things that I ask you to buy. Hey, it's capitalism, man. That's hey, you know, well, as, as a That's college student myself, I, I appreciate it, and my wallet appreciates it, and uh, I'm being sarcastic. I, I, you know, I, I might as well, might as well be part of a possible solution. I'm still the cheaper option. That's true. So there that you is go. true. I know. But I do as far that. as books go that people actually want to read, mm-hmm. uh, Less Violence Religion, I call that book LVR. LVR. Um, those books, both it and the Goatman book, which is the other one that we are talking about today, mm-hmm. and the stories out of Goatman. Goatman, is, they're both considered technically out of print. Really? It's okay. actually a sad story behind that. Oh, but wow. I know it's fitting for a, for a holiday. It's spooky like Halloween. <laughs> um, however... The LVR book, Softbacks are still available right now Okay. Um, for $20 a piece for a donation to the Highlander Foundation at MCC. Okay. Uh, you get a softback version of it. I don't make any money off of them. All the money from it goes directly to the Highlander Foundation. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Goatman book, uh, sometimes you can find uh, a super high ripoff copy on Amazon somewhere. I did see that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I wish that was me who had that. Li- Maybe that's an idea. I was going to say, it was like going for 150 bucks, I think. So it's nuts. No, I only own a few copies of it. Uh, in the next few years, we may start trying to shop it again and cool. add it into a second edition. May not. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Well, that makes sense. I mean, uh, well, if it does happen, I mean, this would be a good time to do it. Waco is really booming right now oh, as yeah. far as the town. So, I mean, this could be the perfect time to. It's a fun book and a fun project. It and is. And there's lots of interest, especially about the time the first coal front blows through. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's because you know, everything gets a little spookier when the colder weather comes in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I Texas sure. don't know what to do. Well, um, let's get right to it. What was the inspiration for wanting to, you know, collect a bunch of kind of paranormal-esque legends and myths from Central Texas and make a book about it? So it all goes back to folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, for starters, I'm not really into investigating to find out if the stories are true or not. Nothing against people who are. Hey, whatever you want to do on a Friday, that's cool. Uh, I'm more about the stories themselves and like social memories and oral traditions. And it it actually started when I was invited to a ghost storytelling contest about 10 or 11 years ago in about 2010. And I was like, I really want to win this thing. You know, I want the trophy. I really want to win. There's no actual trophy. It's probably just like a bowl of pasta or something. But it's just still, it was at a dinner party. That's a trophy. And I was like, I want to win this thing. So the first thing I do is I go to the Texas collection at Baylor. And I'm like, I, I want to find some local ghost stories. I want to tell Waco ghost stories. And there's like 
three that they can document. <laughs> you have good old Lover's Leap, yep. Decca Lamar West with Wawa T and her story. Uh, you have some about the Cameron Park Witch in Weird Texas, which is essentially, uh, sorry if y'all are listening to this, it's like some guy's blog where people just <laughs> randomly wrote stuff and they're like, yeah, we'll copy paste that and print it. it and that's cool. Yeah. But, I mean, that's sort of how folklore goes. Yeah, true. But there's another one called Hidden Headlines of Texas, which was just a guy had gone through and searched through the Dallas Morning News because it was all search-enabled and uh, and had done all this stuff, and he just copied the articles over. Really, there was nothing. And I was so sad. I was like, man, you know, all these people telling these stories, you know, you got the ghost story of the hook sitting there with your with the door, scratching on the door. You know, like yeah. scary stories to tell in the dark, like whenever we were kids. Yeah, terrible. And we'd read those. Man, there's got to be something like this local. Nope, nothing. And so I was like, you know what? I would do some misdemeanor level crimes to have a copy <laughs> of my great-grandfather's local legends. Yeah. You know, if someone had just written them down. Not felony level, just low grade misdemeanor yeah, level. Of course, yeah. To have a copy of like what what were the legends in 1910 in Waco? What were some of the good legends then? Treat it almost like a historical document. And I said, so at that point, I decided I'm just gonna start asking people. I've been trained in how to do oral history. And I said, I'm just gonna treat this like a big oral history project. And I just started randomly asking people, hey, you know any good ghost stories? Any yeah. good local ghost stories? And whenever I would hear, you know, I'd take my phone out. Mm -hmm. If they knew one, I was like, okay, just a second, stop. <laughs> okay, tell me your story. You know, give me their name. Uh, tell me the location, who they heard it from, this and that. And I just do on-the-spot impromptu interviews. And if I heard the same legend three times from people who didn't know each other, that's whenever I would do a synopsis of it and put it in there. Hey, wow. Yeah. I love, okay. First of all, I love your uh, on the spot interview method as well. Cause that's the way, like people are going to be very honest when they're just right there and they're just like, Oh yeah, I do know something. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and, and thanks for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I just think it's super cool. And then especially, you know, okay. This person talked about the camera park, Witch. this person talked about the camera park, Witch. Yep. Certain, that's going in the book. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's awesome. And, and you'd hear that, and you'd, sometimes you would hear a repeated version of one of the things you'd heard from, like, Weird Texas mm -hmm. or from something else. That's cool. I'd go ahead and record that. But generally, the longer somebody sat and thought about it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, my uncle once told me this one about blah, blah. Yeah. And so over time, you had people sort of even tracking you down uh, to share more with you uh, over time. And <clears throat> I had a – it also sort of – sort of aligned with a period of my life where I had a lot of downtime. And so like I had to be in a specific place doing something. I, uh, I would proctor exams sometimes at the MCC testing center. And so I needed to stay alert and do something while I was waiting for people to come in or out. I might be in there for three, four hours at a time. And I could essentially then lay these out, outline them and start to edit them based upon what someone had told me two days ago sure, or yeah. whatever. And it was just sort of a perfect storm well, okay. that I could put the book together. Originally, there were around 100 different legends, like the drafts that I have mm -hmm. uh, on my Google Drive. There's about 100, and we put 70 of them in that book. And who knows, if, if, if things sort of change and slow down just a tad, again, 
add some other legends that people have told me since then, sure. and, and maybe try to do a second run. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just have to see. Yeah, because I, I noticed that um, on here, on one of the first couple pages, you have a email. The Central Texas I do, that I have sadly forgotten the password to. Okay, so don't email um, yeah, and it's quite tragic. Uh, it I actually got locked out of that email address. Okay. Well, um, so we won't talk about that email anymore. That, that's that's another example of what you call poor planning. Poor planning. Uh, however, <laughs> however, uh, there you go. But yeah, I'm still pretty easy to find. I'm on good old, I'm on good old Facebook, just like your uncle that shares all that that wonderful political stuff. Yeah, of course. I'm on that same place he's at, and uh, of course. I'm you know I'm around. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Easy to find. Come especially up, especially for the tax appraisal board. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. Easy to find. Come up and tell them you know any le legends that you might know. Oh heck yeah. Um, so it sounds like the interview process was one of maybe in one of the more fun parts of making this book. You know, just being able to talk to all these different people. Um, was there one, you know, legend that was told to you in particular that maybe you know sent a real chill down your spine? I know you're not in it for the spooky part, but well, but I mean, I still like a good story. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so, uh, again, I don't – it was actually after the book came out. Okay. After the book came out, and I still remembered the password to my email address. <laughs> yeah. I got an email from somebody who wanted to talk to me about it. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. So I went over to their house, and they had like a small family there. And they told me the story about this haunted house that they had lived in. Um. And of really out of all the different stories I heard from people, there are only two or three that kind of, there's several that kind of stick with you, but th this really stuck with you. Sure, yeah. And um, so sadly, it's not even, it's not even in the book, but oh. it inspired one, but uh, told me, people would tell me stories in particular about specific houses they lived in and uh, legends of them, which I don't put in the book. Generally, I think there's only one or two specific residences mentioned. Uh, that's because later on, your boy here don't have a lot of money, and he doesn't necessarily want to have uh, property issues or damages later when someone's trying to post this bad boy on Zillow 10 years from now and sell it. And they're like, we can't sell it because they think that this is where they filmed, you know, Amity Part 5 or, yeah. or whatever. So um, really, it was people that would tell me haunted house stories that they had lived in. Uh, or when you have like a group of people that would get together and tell them to you. Yeah. So I tried to keep it more generic. Uh, the book in particular, I have some drafts of ones that are specific houses um, that have addresses that I can, I can dig out of my old backup files. Yeah. But really it was about trying to keep it to public places that everyone shared in common. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, in the book, though, the story of the charred woman was one in particular that stuck with me. Um, it's not near Hewitt. It's out It's out northeast of town, headed out of Belmede. Um, like you're headed, I believe it's off Highway 31. Um, and I actually heard more stories uh, about it. The In the book, it talks about how there's a, there's a woman who walks the street at night, who walks the highway, who's always going with traffic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she'll her ghost will jump in the car with you or sometimes when you slow down to see if she needs help you see that her her face is burned and she'll she'll disappear i actually heard that another part of that story was that she had been that it had been because of a a shack she had lived in nearby and that her her husband had had done like a, a murder suicide oh, wow. and that 
she hadn't she hadn't completely died in the process and she had gone to the road to look for for help and things like that so even once the book came out and i already had as much of the versions of the legends as i could get people would still come back and say oh well, you didn't you didn't have the entire legend in there yeah. here's the rest of it yeah and you know it's actually um it's interesting that you mentioned that so i thought i really liked the, you know, I, first of all, I understand what you were talking about, about not wanting to put residencies in there. Yeah. Uh, that's a smart move. And that uh, is probably that Baylor education right there. Uh, there. <laughs> but uh, I prefer that in shallow pocket <laughs> with uh, the stories. I like it. And I think it adds to the kind of uh, paranormal and legend esque part of it uh, where it's got less details because, you know, this has been passed on from a long time. And, you yeah. Know, it kind of adds to the. Not only the spooky part, but like the like fable part of it. Almost. Yeah, well, and some of that also I want to give a shout out to the man who's brave enough to publish that with me, which is Mark Long, and uh, who is an awesome writer, knows his books. And if you're actually listening to this, Mark, hey, hope you're doing all right. Um, <laughs> he had sort of gotten the idea that what we could do is Instead of trying to make some long, flushed-out story, mm -hmm. just write what's there. And it's like if the lead, like the gray horse and buggy in that book is real short. It's just about a, it's just about a, a, a phantom horse and buggy just walk in a circle mm -hmm. uh, on a, around one of the squares downtown. Where did it come from? Uh, one likely story was it got hit by a train. Mm -hmm. um, but nobody, you don't know. It's yeah. just here's the legend. Here's what it is. Let's take just it. Put it there. Yeah. And at the very beginning yeah. of that, I talk about the preface. Anytime you do a folklore, there is always that sort of wish to find out: is this true? Is this not true? What really happened? What? And and again, I sort of compare it to an Aggie joke. If if you're trying to determine if these stories are true or not, there is an element of truth in every one of them. There's some piece. There's a reason the story exists. It reflects some sort of cultural aspect. But you don't necessarily stop in an Aggie joke and say which Aggie walked into which bar at what time and, and which bartender responded that way. You just wait for the punchline. <laughs> and so in this case, a lot of times local folklore, some of them may be true, some of them aren't. Again, that is, that is not my place. Yeah. My place is just to tell you, here's what I know, and if you want to go explore it, Cool. Yeah. Let me know what you find out if you want uh, or whatever. Yeah. It's more of I want there to be a collection of our legends. So 100 years from now, there is something. There's something, right? Yeah. Uh, other than Weird Texas. Uh, you know, okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm just that. saying Weird yeah. Texas is a cool book, but there needs to be more. More. Yes, I think that's completely fair. Um, and, you know, speaking of going to them. I've actually uh, been to one of the witch's house locations. Oh, yeah. uh, the trespassing I was, one. I won't say it, it wasn't the trespassing. Okay. One. It we already was, talked about the misdemeanor thing. So. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, it was, I was uh, trying to impress some friends and I was like, Oh, you know, this local legend, we've got witch's house uh, in Cameron park. And I took them not to the one I thought was going to be with the big archway, but the one that's just kind of like, the foundation of uh, the bricks, the bricks. Yeah. And they were like, wow, this is super cool. And I was like, uh, well, you know, I felt really good to read your book and see that. Okay. That was a witch's house location. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. I mean, there's so many legends about the witch. And also I got to give a shout out to JB Smith at the trip. 
man, he really did his homework on tracking down the story on the archway. You can go and Google it and pull up the articles. He's done some really awesome work on just, okay, what's the story about this archway? And if you don't know what the archway is and you're listening to this podcast, just Google J.B. Smith's article. It'll tell you all about it. Though you're probably like the only person. Not shaming you there. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Educate um, yourself. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we've given out a couple shout outs. I actually uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Mark Burda. Yes. The photographer. Yes. Was that somebody that you knew before you started working on the book? Or was there some kind of process of, you know, a couple of different photographers submitted stuff? Or I had never met Mark Burdine before we started this project. Okay, cool. He was a friend of Mark Long's. Okay, cool. Uh, who had done the publishing. He and Mark, Mark and Mark had worked on other projects together. And uh, this seemed like the perfect project for him. So I handled all the writing side of it. Mark Burdine handled all the beautiful images on the sides of it, which we call plates yeah. in there. Uh, and he did a he did a fantastic job with it. He said he had a ton of fun with it. And sadly, I have not seen or interacted with Mr. Burdine in a long time. Well, Mr. Burdine. Just because they haven't passed that and crossed. But. Yeah. Mr. Burdine, we hope you're doing good out there. Oh, yeah, man. The guy's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? Let's uh, – We'll wrap this up here pretty soon, but I got a couple more questions. Oh, score. Uh, first one I ask, Halloween's right around the corner. Yeah. What's your go-to horror movie? And what candy are you eating while you're watching? It's got to be the Reese's Pumpkins. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, because first off, it's something I'm used to, like the Reese's Cup. Of course. Classic. But it's festive. Yeah. You know? It's this time of year. And really, as crazy as this sounds, when it comes to horror, I love good old Mary Shelley Frankenstein. The just the good old classic. Honestly, it makes me want to cry. There you go. At the end of that book, uh, either that or the David Pumpkin special. Yeah, I love the. David uh, I mean, it'd be one of those two. Um, but classic Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay. And you know what? Let's end it with this last question. I want to. Uh, this is going to be something that I want to ask every person we're interviewing, but you get it first. Oh, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? At present, I am reading through a classic. I say a classic. I say it's classic because I've had it on my bookshelf for over ten years. It's actually not a classic. Uh, History of Roanoke Island. Ooh, uh, the Lost Colony. I believe it's by Lee Miller. I believe that's correct. It's a Penguin book. Uh, and I'm reading through Roanoke, the Lost Colony, uh, in study of what actually happened, uh, as best people can tell, which yeah. is actually there's pretty good indications of what happened to it. I was going to say, what great read. Um, really, they were just sort of had to fend for themselves, and they had to make alliances with the indigenous peoples there and move further inland. Mm -hmm. There you go. And really, that's, but again, of course, I'm swayed by the author. Yeah. But author seems to know their stuff, so you're going to be swayed, be swayed by somebody who's at least passionate about passionate it, right? About it. Yeah, exactly. Like I was granted. Swayed. I mean, that's what cult members say too, but still, well, you know, speaking of Waco, but, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I had to sneak that in there. Uh, like I was swayed by your book here, uh, to learn more about the legends of the heart of Texas. Well, I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you letting me be the first guest. I am, I am honored by well, that. No, the honor, so is, the honor is all ours. I guarantee it. You were, this was such a fun interview. I appreciate it so much that you came by. And uh, hopefully this isn't the last time that you're on the podcast. I, mean, I hope not either. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I loiter in lots of public places. So okay. if you need me. I'm we're a public around. place. We're a public place. That's exactly right. Well, all right. Well, uh, everybody, for 
the Hewitt Public Library. We just want to thank Mr. Bradley Turner once again. Uh, find him on the streets and tell him your legends because his email is lost. Yeah. And uh, go to his class. Take his environmental science classes. Yeah, please. i got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And with that, we have reached the end of our first episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Bradley Turner. He has so much knowledge of Central Texas and is such a fun guy to talk to. If you're listening, Brad, thank you so much. To everyone else that is listening, thank you also. We appreciate your support, and we believe that this podcast will not only be something fun for the library, but for our community as a whole. Our next episode drops on November 14th and will include a special introduction by Library Director Waynette Ditto regarding our goals and ambitions for this podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our usernames can be found in the podcast description. You can also find us at www.cityofhewitt.com by clicking the library tab. It's got a big owl on it. It features general library information as well as our event calendar where you can go to RSVP for things. Special thanks once again to Brad. Thank you for listening. My name is Ryan Davis, and this has been Shh at the Hewitt Public Library Podcast. See you next time.